Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, give me a second. I'm waiting for the opening to to start playing, okay? Okay. Okay. This episode is dedicated to Mr. Alfonso Guignard of Chicago, Illinois, who was killed on Sunday morning by his boyfriend. Here at the Talk with Mike and Friends, we would like to express our heartfelt condolences to his family during this very difficult time. So please join me in a brief moment of silence. Thank you. It's the talk with Mike and Friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. And yes, it is me, Micah. (laughs) Well, we are well on our way into a new year with many things in store for 2016. I am so very glad that all of you have decided to join me after a three-month break. That's right, I needed it. A three-month break from the radio waves. Tonight, in just a few minutes, I will be sitting down with Mr. and Ms. Continental, Mr. Michael J. Valentine, and Ms. Tiffany T. Hunter. Now, remember, you guys can actually follow us on www.hipcast.com. Again, www.hipcast.com. There you can listen to all past 49 episodes. That's right, 49 episodes dating all the way back to December 2013 when I first started this show. You're going to just click on the directory link at the top of the page and enter the top W forward slash Micah and friends to see all of the episodes or hear all of the episodes. Now, there's also iTunes. If you would like to search for our episodes there on your Apple iPhone, simply click on the purple podcast app, select search at the bottom right and put in the top W forward slash Micah and friends. And there you have to your availability all 49 episodes. Last but certainly not least, the site that makes it happen each and every episode, Blog Talk Radio. Simply go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah for all of your talk with Micah needs. <laughs> now remember, if you would like to advertise your next event, your business, or even your product, please feel free to email us at thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. Again, if you would like to advertise your next event, business, or even product, please feel free to email us at thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com, and we will gladly assist you with promotion, okay? Well, let's go ahead and take a minute to pay some dues, and once that's done, we'll actually be right back with Mr. and Ms. Continental, Michael J. and Tiffany T. If you are desiring a ticket to compete at Miss Continental, Mr. Continental, Miss Continental Plus, or Miss Continental Elite, listen up, listen up, listen up. February 14th in Akron, Ohio at the Interbelt, Miss Ohio Continental Plus, and Mr. Tri-States Continental with special guest, 
Miss Continental Plus Coffee, Mr. Continental Michael J. Valentine, Miss Continental Tiffany T. Hunter, Miss Continental Elite Chantel Roche, with other special guests, former Mr. Continental Angel and Mr. Kevin Carlson. Again, February 14, 2016, in Akron, Ohio, at the Interbelt, Miss Ohio Continental Plus and Mr. Tri-State Continental. Allison Thomas Productions presents the 17th Annual Carolinas Continental to be held in Miami Beach, Florida on February 22nd, with registration and interview being held on February 21st, the day before. Entry fee is $100, and this is for Miss Carolinas Continental Plus, Elite, Mr., and Miss. Categories to include presentation, swimwear, talent, evening wear, and question and answer. For more information, go to www.carolinascontinental.com. Save the date, kitties. Sunday, March 13, 2016, Khalil Valentino and Rob DeAnthony presents the third annual Mr. and Miss Liberty Continental Pageant, honoring the current Liberty representatives, Chauvian Delvier Davenport and Aaliyah Kiara Demore, featuring Mr. Continental himself, Michael J. Valentine, and Miss Continental, Tiffany T. Hunter. For all things Liberty Continental, log on to www.LibertyContinental.com. The French Connection presents Miss and Mr. Europe Continental 2016, honoring Tiffany T. Hunter, Michael J. Valentine, and Renata on Monday, April 25th, 2016 in Lyon, France. Save the date. This was the best preliminary of 2014 and 2015. For more information, you can go to facebook.com forward slash French dash connection. All right? And last but certainly not least, the Nationals, Continental Plus and Continental Elite. The Plus preliminaries and Elite preliminaries will be held Sunday, March 27th at the Park West. Doors open up at 6, competition promptly, and I do mean promptly at 7. Now, the National Final Night will be held at the Park West, and the National Elite Finals will be held at the Baton Show Lounge. Plus, will be held Monday, March 28th, and Elite Finals will be held Tuesday, March 29th at the Baton Show Lounge. Again, Miss Continental Plus and Miss Continental Elite, honoring coffee and Chantel Richet. Be there or be square. I did it this past weekend. I did it with my girl. I did it with my boyfriend. I did it with my friends. Um, I did it last night. I did it about two months ago. Brandon and... I did it at the Gay Pride Festival. Lo hice con mi novio. And Crystal. When was the last time that you volunteered? Get involved. Get involved. Get involved. Visit theprydenetwork.org today. Now, get involved. Yo, 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 check out this chef, right? <laughs> right? It's so gay. It's really gay. <laughs> Look at those pants. Please don't say that. What? Don't say that something is gay when you mean that something is dumb or stupid. It's insulting. It's like if I thought this pepper shaker was stupid and I said, man, this pepper shaker is so 16-year-old boy with a cheesy mustache. Just saying. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. We will. We will. We will. We will. We will. We will. We will be counted. We will matter. 
We will stand our ground. We will be brave. 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 We will be heard. Heard. We will. We will. We will. We will organize. We will vote. 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 We will vote because we matter. Because you matter. We will vote because we make a difference. We will vote. We will. We will. Michael J. Valentine and Ms. Tiffany T. Hunter, who happened to capture their titles Labor Day weekend last year, 2015, in Chicago, Illinois. So let's welcome to the show Michael J. Valentine and Tiffany T. Hunter. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Hello. Hey. <laughs> how, how are you guys? Are you okay? Good. Yeah. Doing awesome. Good. Amazing. Well, thanks again so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules and um, to sit and talk with me for just a few. Um, I really appreciate it. Now, I thought that this time would actually be the best. Usually I do it around February, March, but I thought that this time would be the best time because I know preliminary season is about to kick in high gear for you guys in just a few weeks. So, again, thanks again. Um, To my listening audience out there, uh, later on in the show, I will give you the opportunity to ask questions or give praise to Michael and Tiffany. Also, I actually have the chat chat room open, so for those of you that are streaming via the link that I posted on Facebook, blogtalkradio.com forward slash to talk with Micah, I see that some of you have already asked some questions, so I see them there. Um, again, if you're uh, streaming via the web or your tablet or whatever the case may be, you can go ahead and open up the chat pod and put your questions there since you're not actually able to um, press the one to dial in. And that leads me to everyone that's actually calling in because I see a lot of you are actually logged in right now. So when I open it up for you guys to be able to ask questions or comment or whatever the case may be, um, all I would need you to do is go ahead and press 1 so that it would alert me so I can go ahead and open up the line for you, okay? So with all that said, Michael, Tiffany, are you guys ready? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay, so um, tell our listening audience and myself, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from. Where, you, where do you currently reside? You know, a little bit about your family, upbringing, all that good stuff. And I'll let, I'll let ladies go first. So, Tiffany, you can start, and then we'll go to Michael. <laughs> oh, I thought you said ladies. <laughs> <laughs> you starting already, I'm just Michael. kidding. <laughs> go, Tiff. Um, I am 31 years old. Um, actually, I'll be 32 uh, in a week and a half. So, Michael, please don't forget to give me a present. <laughs> never, um, never. I am 
I grew up on a farm about an hour northeast of St. Louis, Missouri, and I uh, reside currently in St. Louis. Um, what else? <laughs> Tell us about your upbringing. Like, what did you do? What, were you involved in any um, any things as far as extracurricular and in high school and middle school, whatever the case may be? Like. Yeah, uh, well, I grew up on a farm. So okay. I grew up on a farm, so farming was a daily part of my life, um, all the way up until I moved um, away and moved out on my own, um, mm-hmm. at like uh, about a few months after high school. But during high school, um, I was very involved in the show choir, theater, acting. Um, and if I could have had it my way, I would have been a cheerleader. Um, <laughs> even my mom, even my mom called the school board to try to get them to let me audition for cheerleading, and they wouldn't let me. Uh, so I was devastated. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I was in all the all the plays, and you know, um, I traveled a lot. We, my show choir, we traveled. My um, freshman year, we went to. Um, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and New York. And then my okay. junior year, we went to uh, Orlando, Florida, and um, Cocoa Beach. Um, I thought it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Oh, and my, oh, go ahead. And my, best, uh, my best friend is my cat, Tyrone, who sits here listening. <laughs> oh, Tyrone. Hi, Tyrone. What's going on? He's adorable. <laughs> He's so cute. Um, well, we'll see about me. Um, I'm 28. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, born and raised. Uh, I currently live there as well. Uh, as of growing up, it was just my mom and I. I never had a father figure. Um, so my mom is my best friend. She's one of the closest people to me. I tell her everything. Um, I grew up, I was a gymnast until uh, the age of 13. And then I became a cheerleader. And I cheered until I was 22. And I won... Many, I won the Spinning World, I won National, I won all that stuff. And, um, and then I, I blew out my knee and twice. <laughs> I tore my ACL twice. And so then I was like, okay, maybe I should stop tumbling. And I still mm-hmm. do, but just not as not as hardcore as I used to. But um, then I became a dancer and an aerialist, and it was a little bit, little bit easier on the knees. And I still do that, actually. I still do aerial. I teach it. Um, and I still dance, obviously, because I, I perform. Uh, but you know, in high school, yeah, right. High school, I um, I did speech. Uh, I was a cheerleader in high school. Actually, they let me only because I could tumble. Though I'm sure if I couldn't flip and stuff, they probably never would have let me on there because I did go to a country high school. Uh, but it was it was uh, not what I was used to. So I didn't I didn't only did it for like a year. But uh, I did do speech and I learned how to. Um, I guess it's like acting. So I, I learned how to act, basically. And it was it was a really like good time. Like that that helped me get through senior year because high school was so difficult. You know, mm-hmm. being gay in high school and going to such a redneck high school. Granted, the the kids there was like a rich redneck Catholic school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so yeah. So growing up, you know, gay there, and it never really was a, a too big of an issue. But it, I did have some problems with bullying and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, and so now currently I just entertain, and I, I did go to college. I got a degree in graphic design. Oh wow! I also grew up on a I grew up on a farm like Tiffany too. Oh, did, okay. Yeah. So with, with the farm for for the both of you, um, did you guys like what type of animals did you have on your farm? If if you even had, I mean, you know, like what type of animals did you guys have, and did you play with them, or <laughs> are you an animal lover? That's funny. Well, <laughs> Uh, my family farm, um, which my dad still operates, um, is about a thousand acres. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when I was a, when I was a, a kid, like very little, we had cow, um, dairy cows, beef cows, and pigs. Um, I don't remember the pigs. I think I was around four or five when they got rid of the pigs and went to strictly cows. Um, and then when I was a teenager, my family sold off all the dairy cows and dairy equipment. And so now my dad just farms, um, just has a beef cattle. I think he's got about 100 head of cattle now. Um, and then farms corn, soybeans, uh, wheat, alfalfa, clover. Um, and then he, he does a lot of um, hay and straw that he also sells to, like, the local smaller farms and uh, people like he sells like the um, different like um, oh, animal uh, animal shelters as well. Okay. Okay. And so Michael, I mean, uh, animal shelter. And Michael, any, any animals on yours? Uh, we had actually, uh, we never had like um, a, a farm. I don't know. We never, we just, I think they bought, my parents bought the farm for land or something. Oh, okay. they could like because we had 29 acres, but we did have, uh, we had two cows for a little bit. We had goats, and mm. we had chickens, ducks. Uh, I had, God, I had so many animals. Uh, we had dogs, cats. Uh, I had a sugar glider. I, I have a snake now. Um, what else do we have? We had turkeys. We had pet turkeys, and they were actually, you could pet them. Like, we had one. He was a solid white turkey, and his name was Henry, and he would follow you around, and you could pet him and everything. He was so sweet. He was oh. just like a dog. Yeah, it was crazy. And then we had another turkey, and she wasn't as nice. And no, we didn't eat them. Everyone always asked that. They're like, did you eat them? I'm like, no, they were pets. <laughs> yeah, by the time they died, they were too old to eat. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's all the animals we really had. So we had some cows, we had some pigs, we had some goats, we had dogs, cats, parakeets, and some turkeys. Okay, we definitely had a farm. Uh, <laughs> thank you for giving us or shedding some light on, on your upbringing. Um, and it's, it's interesting that, you know, you guys kind of grew up um, similar. Um, so I have a question and that I always ask um, because, of course, it's kind of like the premise, but we want to know how did you actually get started within the art? You know, what inspired you? Who inspired you? Like, how did it all happen for you? And whoever wants to go first is fine. If you go first, yours is probably more interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, when I turned 18, I started actually working at um, a gay club here in St. Louis and as a cocktail server, and they had drag shows. Um, at that time, I think it was one, one night a week, and I would, like, I just was in awe of the entertainers that did the shows, and I would, uh, I actually paid more attention to the show than the customers. <laughs> and so I started, like, sitting, I started hanging out, like, backstage with the, with the with the girls and asking questions, and then... About a year later, there was a fundraiser coming up, and um, I was very popular, like at the at the club, as a, an employee. And so they were like, "Oh, if you if you did drag, you you would you would you know it'd bring in you know business, whatever, because mm-hmm. we were raising money." And so I was like, "Okay." So I thought I was doing drag for uh, a one time thing, and then it was fun. Uh, I looked a hot mess, and um, and then there was another fundraiser. Um, about a month later for an entertainer that was going to compete for national pageant. And so I did the fundraiser. And then from about a month later, I did an amateur show and I started doing like a free amateur show every Sunday for about a year. And then I started kind of getting paid and making money off of it. And then I, you know, I just got very, I, I was immediately drawn to the pageant aspect of it. I found the pageants just entertaining and my boss that owned the nightclub that I worked at, 
um, he actually he's judged U.S. Um, FK U.S. Bay before, and he was really really big on the pageants. And he had like every pageant video ever, like known to man. And I would he would just bring random videos for me, and I would just like all I would do I would sit for hours and hours and hours and just watch these old like um, like videos from like the 90s of Continental and EOI and US of A and mm-hmm. I just it was something I wanted to do but I was just terrified of it um, and then I started transitioning actually before I competed and then um, once I transitioned it was just something that I I couldn't wait to do but I didn't want to do it until I felt like it was the right time right. Uh, and then once I went and when I went for the first time to compete for Continental I, it wasn't ever something I thought that I could ever obtain I just went to, I went more so for the joy of it. And then when I did well, um, I just kind of set goals for myself to do better each, you know, each year. Right. And I just, I just fell in love with it and I couldn't stop. <laughs> wow. So, so Tiffany, let's go back to um, when you started doing shows. Do you remember what your, what your first show was or like basically what, what was the first song that you ever performed on stage? Uh, my first song, um, I wore this, uh, Glitter tube dress. It just had one seam up the back. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did Whitney Houston. My love is your love. Oh, okay. I love that song. <laughs> and then my second, and then my second song was a uh, this like disco jumpsuit that I bought from a Halloween costume store, and I did. Uh, it was like the bonus mix on. I think the album was called Pure Disco. It was one of those like compilation. Yeah, it was like, those. yeah, and there was this like little disco mix that had like five or six disco songs in it, and uh, and I that was the second song I did. Wow, a glitter, a glitter tube dress. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then the second show, the second show I did, um, it was funny. So I I had this horrible like African print muumu. And then I bought two of them, and um, I cut one of them up. And I did um, from the Lion King. I did He Lives in You, and Desiree Desiree De Mornay helped me make like a turban with the fabric from the second dress. Oh wow! <laughs> well, I'm he sure took you pity. Would, you I'm sure you wouldn't put those things back on again. <laughs> <laughs> Not at but, all. But, but, but guess what? The, the great thing is that everybody has to start somewhere. So. Um... That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what about that's you, um, Michael? How did you get started in the art and, and, and all of this, entertaining and pageant? Well, it was, it was kind of an accident. Like, well, I started as a go-go boy, you know, like we all do. Um, started as a go-go boy, danced at the, the Connection here in Louisville, which is a um, really big bar. If, any, if you've never been or anybody's ever been, it's a humongous bar, you know. And it was the only gay, big gay bar here with a drag show for a while. And I started there, and I always wanted to be on cast, you know, because that was, that was the highest thing you could do here in Louisville. You could be on cast, like, being famous, you know. And so I just started as a go-go boy and then kind of started uh, stripping. <laughs> I became a stripper. <laughs> I'm not, not ashamed of it, but not, pr- not proud of it. But um, I became a stripper and started traveling with a group called Nine Inch Males. And we would go places and I would perform, and one of the – the, the head stripper, the owner of it, saw me performing. He was like, wow, he's amazing. Like, he's, he shouldn't be just stripping. So I auditioned for the show at The Connection, and I got casted as a male lead where I just mm. did production. I never, I never did any solos or anything. Okay. And I just I just backup danced for a while, and then they had an amateur show on Thursday night. And the queen in charge, her name was Simone, 
she asked me to come do the show, and I was like, okay, sure, why not? So I performed there for the first time ever. I did. I remember my song. I did the song Romeo by Basic Jacks, which is okay. actually not a voice voice song. <laughs> okay. But I remember I, I had like a mask painted on with a rose in my mouth and like a white button-up shirt, some rip-away leather pants that I stole from my girl roommate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I started. I started just uh, perform more regularly on the weekend, and then Sunday nights they would let me do solo numbers, and I just, you know, I would do what I knew was was just the strips. So I would just do that, and then what kind of worked my way up, and then I got thrown into Entertainer of the Year, which was my very first title that I won. But uh, I got thrown into it, and <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing. Just just going by what people were telling me, and you know, I just kind of had fun with it, and I didn't know it was going to be so serious. <laughs> and I got first runner up. Uh, by like two points or something, which was awesome. And then I kind of just, you know, stopped doing it after that because I didn't care. I, I moved to California for a while, worked out there, and then I came back and started working back at the connection again and then started doing more pageants and started winning them and on and on. And that's how okay. I got started. Wow. And, and, and I'm going to stay on you, Michael, and then I'll, I'll go to Tiffany. Um, how did you get the name? How did that, how did that come about? Oh, Michael Valentine. Well, <laughs> when I first started, my stage name was Sebastian. Okay. And I don't know why. I feel like that's everybody's stage name when they first started. Um, <laughs> that was your stripper yeah. name. <laughs> it was. It was my first stripper name, my stage name. But then everyone would, because I grew up here in Louisville, everyone would come into the bar and they'd be like, oh, hey, Michael. You know, stuff like, well, I can't do Sebastian. So right. I kept Michael and just changed the spelling of it. Okay. And then... And then Valentine came from my favorite Greek god, which is Eros, and his feast day is Valentine's Day. And oh. that's where I got Valentine from. Yeah, Valentine. I love and Jay is question. Yeah, and Jay Joseph is my middle name, so that's what the J is stands okay. for. Okay. Okay. So basically most of it is your name minus the last name. <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay, okay. And what about you, Tiffany? Where where did your name come from? Um, so my name came from because when I started, it wasn't meant or intended to be like a, a long-term thing. I was dating this guy, and we had been together about about a year and a half, I guess, at the point where I did my first show. And his daughter was like nine or ten at the time, and she, he had full custody, and she lived with us. And her name was Tiffany. And um, and then my boyfriend, he did, uh, ma- he was a male entertainer like Michael, and um. His stage name was Damian Tyler. So that first show I did, I took his daughter's first name and then I took his last name and became, I was Tiffany Tyler. Oh. And then for so those several benefit shows I did at the beginning, I, I was advertised as Tiffany Tyler. Uh-huh. And then when I started, started doing it more serious, um, a, another male entertainer by the name of Logan Hunter um, kind of took me under his wing and helped me find the right resources and um kind of helped me put together my craft. I abbreviated the Tyler the T and then mm-hmm. took on his last name of uh, Hunter. Oh, hmm. nice. But I love that name. Everybody, think, <laughs> everybody thinks that the T has got like a really, you know, exciting story and it's just a boring sentimental one. <laughs> no, but Tiffany Tyler Hunter. Yeah. That's a beautiful name. Wow. Yeah, and um, and um. Tiffany, the, the Tiffany that I, my ex, my boyfriend's daughter, Tiffany, she's now like 21 or 22. Um, she's got, she's seen me perform and she always messages me on Facebook because she, she loves, she'd have friends over. She's in like fourth grade and she would have friends <laughs> out and she was like, I have to show you my boyfriend's 
uh, my daddy's boyfriend's drag. <laughs> she, would show, like, she wasn't supposed to, but she would literally, like, show off, like, the wigs and the costumes and the jewelry to like, friends, you know. Like, this is my, daddy, my daddy's boyfriend dresses up. <laughs> but that's the interesting. I mean, even though, you know, you think it's, like, just, a, you know, not an interesting story, it really is interesting how, on how the both of you came up with your names. I love that. Love it, love it, yeah. love it. So what Tiffany will say with you, um, and then we'll move, you know, we'll go back and forth. Tiffany, like, uh, and, and, and Michael, who's your biggest inspiration off stage, and who's your biggest inspiration on stage? And then I want you to let me know why you've chosen them as your inspiration. Okay. Um, I suppose on stage, I I've always had this admiration towards Victoria LePage. Mm, okay. There's just something about her that it doesn't matter. I, I can watch her sing a ballad over and over, mm-hmm. and I can watch her dance. Like, I just, she's so elegant, and just the way she carries herself in any song and any genre of music, it just, it, it just, it's beautiful. Like, I think she just is so elegant and gorgeous on stage. Um, that I've always wanted to, like, I want somebody to look at me the way I looked at Victoria LePage. Right. Um, I'm sure they do. And right. all day. <laughs> um, stage is, um, I really look up to Alexa Sherrington. Um, okay. she, I, in all the years that I competed for Continental, when she was reigning and I was competing, you know, the year her, her stuff down, like, I talked with several contestants, and I, I know for a fact that she like, reached out and spoke to, like, every contestant that was preparing, um, I, and I know, like, how hard that, like, she worked for things and just never gave up, and um, I've gotten to spend a lot of time with her and, like, hang out with her and go out to eat with her, and and I just, I just enjoy her company, and I enjoy that she doesn't give any, she doesn't care how people, um, you know, she... I've always struggled with my weight, and she struggles with hers as well. And I love that she doesn't care. She presents herself the way that she wants to, and she doesn't care what anybody else's opinion is about it. Right. Just just be the best you that you can be and not worry. You know, I did a status on that today. It's about, you know, yeah. not worrying about what people are saying or, or whatever, like not trying to get validation from others. Just be the best you that you can be. So I love that. So Victoria LePage. And Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington. Okay. And what about you, Michael? Off and on. Uh, well, <laughs> well, so many people are my inspiration on stage. Uh, I just see people entertain, and they just motivate me to entertain more. But uh, for sure, my inspiration, my first inspiration was ever was my drag mother, uh, Hurricane Summers, okay. who uh, she's on cast here in Louisville. Only because not only was she there when I first started to help me, because no one else could be could be bothered. She's the one that actually got me started entertaining but just watching her entertain like you know she's 100 years old and goes out there and just <laughs> right and gives a show whether there's five people in the audience or 500 and she dances the house down and she even like had her own tv show in the 80s and she's traveled the you know the world the country whatever and she's just you know a phenomenal entertainer but also such a genuine person someone who right. will always be there for you will do anything for you will do anything for anyone even a stranger you know, and I just love that. And she was my inspiration for entertaining. She pushes me. And off stage, uh, it's definitely like I said earlier, my my mother. She's my best friend, just because she, you know, she grew up with just she raised me, just her, you know, right. no one else. And 
I've never wanted for anything. I, we've never, you know, been struggling for anything. I've always been able to do, you know, all my extra, extracurricular activities that I ever wanted to do. My mother's always there to take care of me, and she's always there for me, and I just want to grow up to be just like that. I want to be such a strong person just like she is. And then she's my inspiration off stage. <laughs> Right. Okay, so your your mom um is like your best friend. She's your off stage inspiration. Your on stage is your um your drag mom or gay mom or however you want to call that, Hurricane Summers, um who yeah. is right there at the connection, right? And um and yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So Hurricane and Mother. All right. So so this is something. This is a question that I always um some people I don't know why. Well, this is one of the questions that I always some people, but um. What are two things that most people would not know about you? They could be interesting or not interesting, but <laughs> what are two things that uh, that most people like? And I say most people saying like you know people that are your supporters, your fans, your you know maybe even your friends. They just they don't actually know that about you. If you can only think of one, that's fine. Um, I would say for me, um, the farm thing usually surprises people. Because currently, like now, um, I couldn't imagine, like, I don't like to get dirty. I don't like to break a sweat, you know. Um, but, like, growing up, even especially when I was little, um, my my friends were my sisters because, you know, we lived out in the middle of nowhere, and we had this big farm. And, you know, I mean, it was like a hour-long bus ride into school. We There was nobody within, like, a biking distance that was our age. And so we were friends with each other, and we used to, like, walk in the creek barefoot and, like, hunt for crawdads and, mm. and pick up snakes, like, try to catch snakes. And, like, the things I did as a kid, like, and 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 I was actually kind of butch, I guess, as a kid. I mean, I used to carry, you know, five-gallon feed buckets from one end of the farm to the other. And um, so most people are, are, especially when I've taken friends home or or boyfriends home to my, my parents' farm, they're always super shocked uh, to see, you know, where where I grew up. And then I think a second thing that surprises a lot of people is the, the gay bar that I started working at when I was 18, I left out the fact that it was a strip club. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so, like, Michael, like, Michael, <laughs> I, I was also kind of a – I was mostly a cocktail server, but if the money was there, I also could go dance and stuff like that. Yeah, there was – there was a there was a couple appearances on a stage and okay. yeah. Okay, just checking it here and there. Okay, okay. So farm girl. Oh, driven. And that, you know, uh, when the when the money was was right, you stepped on stage and you did your little strip thing. Okay, I got it. Yeah, come on. I got it. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's okay, just strippers. See, you got uh, a lot in common. Um, <laughs> I'm getting my life over here. <laughs> so what about you, Michael? Um, what are two? That people may not know about you. Oh God. Uh, well, I'm left-handed. A lot of people don't know that. Because okay. um, you know, that's not a big thing. Yeah, I'm, that's not a big thing anymore. You know, because with texting and emailing and all that, we don't write much anymore. But yeah, I'm left-handed. Okay. Um, well, I'm interest more. I'm left-handed, but I'm right dominant, so I actually use both hands. And I have obsessive-compulsive disorder. Okay. <laughs> Every, I have to have everything neat and straight all the time, or it really bothers me. Um, and like Tiffany said, how she used to be a boy, I'm still a boy. I like getting dirty. I like bugs. I like walking barefoot through creeks, like you said. I like doing, like, fun outdoorsy things. Like, I like cliff diving and anything to get my adrenaline going, like skydiving. Uh, what else do I do? Uh, anything, really. I'm, I just, I like getting dirty, and I like 
being outdoorsy sometimes. <laughs> okay, so you're left-handed, you have obsessive compulsive disorder, and you're a boy boy. Okay, yeah. I get that. Yeah. So, so with your uh, with you having obsessive compulsive disorder, how how are you when people come? Because I've been over to some people's houses that have that. And mm-hmm. the struggle with that is like I'm the type of person where if I'm going to your house and you have that, I just don't want to move. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to mess anything up. You know, I'm like really just walking on eggshells around your house. So how are you when you have that? It's it's well I I well my house is always clean. Whatever people come to is always clean. Um, and normally if I don't tell them that I have mm-hmm. a city, I kind of pretend like I like joke about it. Right. But if they, I'm constantly like behind them cleaning picking up their mess or I'm constantly cleaning my house when they're around just because I'm, mm. I'm OCD about cleanliness and everything has to be clean and neat. And I just, yeah, I don't like people like messing up my place when they come over. <laughs> so okay. I don't have a lot of people over. <laughs> okay. I get it. I have, uh, but like I said, I have a lot of friends that aren't, so I totally get how you are. Okay. Thanks. Two things or three things that are most people don't know about you. So let's now dig into, we got, we got to know a little bit about, you are, and I appreciate that. I kind of want to dig into some topics and some things that I want to discuss, um, whether it be pageantry, entertaining, our community, and, and then, of course, continental. So I want to hit those, um, hit some of those points. Um, an interesting topic and question that I've been speaking on lately, um, do you see, and it's, I, I'll pose the question first, you can give me, um, give me your answer and then um, your explanation as to why, but do you see drag, female impersonation, and male lead? Flourishing or becoming a dying art? And while answering that question, I want you to support your answer by providing an explanation as to why you feel either way. So do you see drag or female impersonation and male lead flourishing or becoming a dying art? And Tiffany, we'll go with you first. Um, I definitely see it flourishing. I think it has, even when you think about, you know, in the 60s when they did drag, you know, in the dark, you know, in, in secret, you know, in, in fear of being arrested. And then in the 70s when pageants started and then in the 80s, you know, we had all of our major systems today is when, you know, they all evolved. And I definitely think drag is constantly evolving. Uh, I think it's always going to be around and it's always going to be changing. Um, what drag we have today, I'm sure, will not be the same as it is in 20 years from now, just as it wasn't. 20 years ago, right. um, I, I definitely think that the, that entertainment aspect of it and the intrigue and I think that'll I think it'll always be around and I think it'll just keep evolving and it's I don't think it's going anywhere. Okay, all right. And okay. as far as as far as, as far as like the as far as like male performing and um you know male entertainers, I think that it gets I think they're in the prime right now. Um, I mean, 15 years ago there were very few opportunities for male entertainers. Um, and even five years ago, you know, we had pageantry for males, but I don't feel that a lot of male entertainers got a chance to perform on a regular basis. Right. Um, really, I would say it's been in the last, like, five years that a lot of clubs have started allowing male entertainers, you know, to start joining the girls on stage. Right. That's true. That's yeah. true. I, I agree, actually. Yeah, I agree with you, Tiff. Um, I do think drag's evolving and um, – it's flourishing, yes, uh, thanks to, I mean, as much as I don't really care much for, like, drag race and stuff, it has helped mainstream drag uh, lately. It's, you know, it's put on TV within the, the straight audiences and stuff. 
And drag is, you know, it's changing. It's not like old school drag like it used to be, which I prefer old school drag, honestly. But, you know, it's changing, and I don't think it's, you know, it's not um, diminishing or anything. I don't know what the other word you said was. Uh, as for male leads, yes, uh, I remember when I, when I first started, there weren't many. There were very, very few male leads, and they weren't taken seriously. And lately, not lately, but, but like I said, like we're in our prime now. Boys are getting booked more, and a lot more males are getting interested in male entertainment. I get messages almost daily from guys wanting to start male entertainment and asking for advice and stuff. And I really, I really like that I see that, and I hope that you know I'm, I'm doing everything I can to help make it bigger now. Um, but, but you know, there's only so much you can do. But but yeah, I, I think male leads are definitely starting to grow, and, it, and male entertainment is starting to get more popular. I'm really happy to see that. I am too. Um, Michael, you, you brought up a, a great point in regards to um, to entertainers or those guys out there that are trying to kind of step into the industry. Because um, you know that's been another argument that that I have. Not really an argument, but a, um, a conversation um, that I'll continue to have because I'm a director over a um, newcomer pageant affiliated with Black America, but. Um, ours is a little differently than different than just a normal newcomer pageant because our goal is to you know groom you and and, and move you into the next level. So basically, what happens is after your reign is completed, you know um, we anticipate and we want to see you. We we feel like we've given you all the necessary tools and everything to move to the next level. And so far, you know, over the five six years that it's been in existence attached to the Black America brand, it's been working. So every everyone has either been top five national. Um, representatives, all that great, uh, all that great stuff. But what I want to talk about when it comes down to those newcomers in the industry, um, I personally have seen it. You know, I've seen like a disconnect as it relates to the up and coming entertainers. You know, taking the initiative to plan, to brand, to market themselves properly, um, to you know, gain those essential tools that I talk about to become the powerhouse entertainers and competitors that you both, you know, Michael and Tiffany, um, the both of you have become. You know, thus leaving them because they don't have those necessary tools or they're not really taking initiative to plan, brand, and market, they're getting stuck on a certain level. Or I feel like their talents aren't appreciated, are, are appreciated and they diminish in the art. So my question to the both of you, because you once were newcomers, you were new, you were new to the art, new to the entertainment business within our community, what is your true advice to newcomers to this, to this industry? What advice did you give them? Um, for me, it would be, I mean, I did, I performed probably for a year and a half before I ever got a paid booking. Um, and I took every, and even a lot of the, you know, the bookings that I got, you know, I got invited to come perform for tips. And I appreciated the opportunities just because I felt that every, every, you know, opportunity that you get to be on stage is uh, a chance to further your career. Right. And I think a of newer queens feel that they don't want to perform for free mm-hmm. um, to, to learn, you know, to learn. And everybody starts from somewhere, but you can't come out, you know, getting paid big bucks. You're not going to come, you know, start right away getting, you know, all these, you know, bookings and travel opportunities. So I would, I would just tell new, newcomers, take what you can get and never give up. Look at the people that look at people you admire and, Try to become them, but not lose sense of yourself. So if, if you look in the mirror and see what you look like, but you look at these girls that are getting paid bookings at their level of costumes, 
or their you know hair makeup always try to you know improve your improve yourself okay and have a listening ear that's a that's a good you try to have a listening ear and, and be open to constructive mm-hmm. criticism um what about you michael yeah i agree like take every opportunity you can to entertain yes you're gonna have to work for tips we all have but that's okay. You know, that's that's how you start. That's the beginning. Get as much exposure as you can. I always recommend for newcomers to start with, like, small pageants, if they want to get into pageantry, to start mm-hmm. doing small pageants, like bar, bar pageants uh, or city pageants, just to get experience. You know, find someone to help you out. Find a mentor. Um, ask questions. That's that's something I can't stress is always ask questions. But you have to be able to take criticism, take constructive criticism right. to listen. A lot of uh, newcomers always think they know better, and I I never understood that. I never understand why I can give advice to a newcomer, but they won't listen to me. You have mm-hmm. to listen to your superiors, your your elders, <laughs> in mm-hmm. so many words. Um, and just be sure that, you know, you respect people because your attitude is – your ad- attitude and reputation is a big deal in this in this uh, line of work. Like, if you're mean and hateful, that's what everybody's going to think. You're not going to get booked. No one's going to want to work with you. Right. So you have to be nice. You have to be listening. You have to put yourself out there. You have to take advice. You know, that that's the biggest things for me for newcomers. Great. Well, I hope the newcomers are listening because both of you gave, um, gave some very helpful advice. Um, and, again, like you said, you know, having the constructive criticism. And, and one thing that I remember years ago, I was in an interview. Um, I think it may be the first time that I had – um, Black America, Junior Junior Miss, and Joe Jackson, you know, he, he passed away just recently, um, former Black America, Universe, all of that. But I remember him being in the interview, and I remember him asking a contestant, it was a male contestant, and he says, I've never seen you step foot on stage. I've never seen you entertain. You have all of these clubs around here, um, all of these clubs around here, and you're, you're not doing it, um, and, and it's, going, it's going to help you. And I think initially, essentially, or, or at that point, the contestant was kind of like, well, you know, I don't need to entertain. You know, why should I? I mean, why should I get on a show castle? Why should I do talent shows? I just want to do pageants. Three years later, <laughs> three years later, the same the same guy realized I understood. I understood exactly what he was talking about because what I see, just me being an observer, judge, all of that, you get that stage presence. You get that confidence and all of that just by entertaining those small crowds, those big crowds. And it, it exudes on stage, especially when you when you go to a competition. So me personally, you know, I, I would tra- charge and challenge those uh, newcomers out there, you know, like Michael said and, and Tiffany said, go out there and, and entertain for the small bus, no bus, whatever, because at the end of the day, you're trying to become what you've admired for so long. So um, thank you yep. both for, for, that, um, for that piece of advice. Someone text me. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Tiffany. Oh, I, I think the best advice I ever got um, when I was a newcomer um, was from the – there was a legendary entertainer from St. Louis, um, the late Katrina Marie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a promoter for Illinois Continental um, back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. And she was a show director at a, a nightclub that ran for, like, 37 years here in St. Louis called Faces. Okay. Um, and I remember she told me one night, and well, after a free show, you know, that I had done, and she said, you know – do something for your drag every single day, whether it's, you know, making a costume, washing a costume, you know, styling a wig. She's like, you know, do something for your for your craft every day and you'll be successful because then nobody could say that you didn't try. 
And I never, I never forgot that. Like that always stuck with my head. That you know, when when she said that to me. I, I hope I hope you all are listening out there. <laughs> uh, someone someone texted me a week or so ago. No lying, okay. Um, someone texted me a week ago and said, uh, "I've never seen a Mister and Miss Continental take it upon themselves to transcend beyond pageantry barriers." And make it a point to brand and market themselves across all of pageantry and not just stay relative to the big four until I started following and witnessing the actions of Michael and Tiffany. What your inspiration and purpose behind making your presence known nationally, big or small, and even at events that are minority specific? That's the question. (laughs) Um, for me, I've I've followed um, Black America, Black Universe, Renaissance, Sweetheart. Um, I have followed those pageants for years, and um, my best friend and I kind of take t- Brian. We take turns buying <laughs> pageants, right. and and so I've seen all of the videos, and we always wanted, like I always wanted to go, be there in person, mm-hmm. um, but I just, you know, it, it's expensive to travel, you know, mm-hmm. pay for flight, um, and so this year for me, it was kind of um, like I already felt like I was involved or included in those systems. Mm-hmm. I was just never present. And I thought that there was like no better opportunity for me to make the, make it, you know, the, be there for the first time than while I was Miss Continental. And um, and when I went to Black Universe, it was just kind of like the welcoming, like, the, I mean, everybody was just so the love that I got and the you know everybody was just so hospitable and it was just amazing, mm-hmm. and um and then so we, and then Michael and I got to go to Renaissance together and again same thing everybody was just so great so I I I look forward to going to Black America in March as well. Yeah, we, we and we appreciate that. I know I appreciate it, and I, and I just saw the love that you were getting at Black Universe. I was like, look at her. Definitely <laughs> <Like, laughs> taking pictures and having conversations. So um. That was great. <laughs> And, and, and Michael, did you yeah. Anything? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm I'm sad that I didn't get to uh, go to uh, Black Universe. I I was booking or something. I don't know what happened. But um, yeah, like Tiffany said, everyone has been really welcoming, and I, I you know I like going to these big pageants. I enjoy you know I just enjoy drag. I enjoy pageants. Right. I love watching, and and every time I go to these, I learn. Like I always learn something new about maybe just entertaining or you know costume ideas or whatever, any ideas, I always learn something new. And it's always nice to meet new people who are involved in, you know, in the pageantry world and have a passion for it just like you do. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way to meet, you know, future contestants like male entertainers, you know, other male entertainers that live in that city will go to that pageant. Right. You can meet them and you get to talk to them and you can recruit them. But I think I think the <laughs> the biggest reason that I love is, you know, come on, like I've been trying to win Connell for five years and I finally won. So I'm going to go show off, you know? <laughs> I would I'm gonna too. Go show everybody. <laughs> yeah. I would like, I'm going to go show everybody that I won. And for me also, like I, I followed all these systems for so many years mm-hmm. that I, uh, you know, I get starstruck too. <laughs> and I go to these, I go to these pageants and I'm just like, Oh my God, like, you know, can I get a picture with you? You know, like, um, even just like this, this last, um, last month I went to Atlanta and I was a guest at Miss North America. Mm-hmm. 
and Diamond France. Was, and, and I've seen her on pageants, you know, multiple DVDs, and I never really got to talk to her. And I was in there, and I was like, can I take a picture with you? And she was, was like, I should be asking you for a picture. <laughs> I'm like, no. You know, it's like I, I love going to these events and seeing the people that I've, you know, admired and looked up to on videos and get, getting to see them in person. So it's, it's an incredible Incredible feeling. People can be a fan of yours, but you know, you never know. You're also a fan of others too, so you never know. Who's yeah, watching. yeah. You never know who's watching. So with Continental, what like initially? I, I, Tiffany, you know, she spoke on it, and you know, you guys watch DVDs and stuff like that. But like, what initially attracted you to the system Continental so much so that you just had to get a piece of Continental? You had to get on that stage. For me. Honestly, when my first year running was not, again, I never thought that it was something that I could actually obtain. Mm -hmm. I ran, I wanted to be Miss Missouri Continental. Missouri Continental was a a pageant that ran for like 17 years here in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And um, it was such a, it was like the the highest honor that you could win in St. Louis. And so my, my first year, first First year going, I, I, I wanted to be Miss Missouri, and I competed at Miss Missouri that year in 2009, and I lost by three points to Courtney Van Wales. Okay. And, then, and then I went to Continental, and that was, only the, that was only the third time I had ever been to Continental and the first time I'd ever, I had competed. And I just I fell in love, and I was like, I have to do this again. And so the following year in 2010, I did Missouri Continental again. And I was first runner-up to Fantasia Lamore, <laughs> and, and so it was. And then you know, and then I went again to Continental that year and placed in the top ten again. And it was that year that I really decided that being Miss Continental, that, that the Continental system was something I wanted to be a part of. Right. And then I competed every year since, except for I did set out um, 2014. Right. But I said when I first started, I, I had no intentions on being Miss Continental when I first started. And I just want to be in Miss Missouri. And then I fell in love with the system, and I got to know so many wonderful um, promoters and patrons and contestants. And I've made it a, a point every year I've competed to speak to every contestant. Um, I don't think there's—I really don't think there's any contestant that I've ever competed with over the, the six times that would say that I didn't speak to them. Because I, I always went and while while I wanted to win, I wanted to make it an experience. I would remember, and so I always tried to make it an, an enjoyable time, and you know, and get to know everybody a little bit. And I'm glad you said that because that's something that I always, you know, tell my friends and my and my and my kids that do pageants that even while you're competing and you're in the you know the rough of of competing and being on stage and trying to obtain a title, that you sh- that you should still enjoy the experience. You know, when you have that. That little time, you know, like you said, you, you meet and greet with contestants or you have a, you know, like I tell people, have a shot or two, you know, or whatever. You know, do those because those are going to be lasting memories for you, you know. So you don't always want to be caught up in competing, competing, competing that you forget to experience mm-hmm. and well enjoy the experience. So um, I like that. And Tiffany, oh, yeah. before I go to Michael, you said something that um, that sparked a little a memory because I remember in 2014 we were in the airport. And uh, yeah, uh, we, yeah, we was in the airport. Um, this is Continental <laughs> Plus, um, 2014. And I remember asking you, like, so are you coming back? And you were like, well, yeah, but not this year. I'm going to sit out. So my my question to to my question to you now is that when you sat out, 
because um, I do encourage that sometimes for some people. You know, when you set out in 2014, like what did you – sitting out, how, how did that, like, work for you or, or how did that work for you? Like what did you do in that off period that allowed you to um, to come back and win, so to speak? Um, it cost a lot of money to compete. Uh, in the way that I compete. You know, I'm not um, a singer. I'm not a dancer. I can't show up and do a solo talent. Like, it's just not going to go over the go over well. Like, the the first year, like, I would, in 2009, I spent about $6,000. In 2010, I spent, like, 12000 In 2011, I spent, like, 13000 In 2012, I spent 20000 In 2015, I went after placing in the top five twice. I had some financial setbacks that year, and I went to Continental under six thousand dollars, and that was, you know, a fraction of what I had been going as, and that was what I went in my first year. And I was so upset that I, w- I was worried I was going to disappoint people and not bring. I, I didn't bring what I wanted to bring in 2013, and I knew that I needed to take that break so not, to not only gain finances, but to gain inspiration and um, personal momentum. And mm-hmm. so I decided right away I was going to sit out a year, but I never I never took a break. I took a break from competing, but not a break from planning. Right. And I just, I stacked my money. I started, you know, making down payments to the necessary people for my clothing and for my talent. Um, and I just, it was easier for me to compete this year the way I wanted to with that extra time to prepare. Okay. And so, yeah, so it, it just, it, it's hard to, because I went five years in a row, and then I mm-hmm. sat, and then that, that fifth year was just really hard, because it was kind of like every year, you know, I got kind of snowballed on like, you know, in debt. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so I was finally able to kind of catch up, and, and, and I was able to come this year the way I wanted to, without feeling like I had any burdens on me. Love it, love it. And I, and I, I felt like that would be your response, um, well, you know, part of it in regards to just, you know, having that, like you said, that personal momentum and getting the inspiration and all of that, aside from, the, you know, building the, the funds back up. But um, I hope that just that response alone has inspired and helped people because I think a lot of times people compete, 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 and feel like, oh, if I sit out this year, it's, it's, I'm going to miss, you know, I'm going to miss my crown and, or whatever. But I just feel like personally when the stars align, they're going to line. Your time is going to be your time, you know, and you just have to trust in that and have faith that, you know, if it, if that not be the crown, then it may be something else out there for you. So I just wanted to ask that real quick. But back to Michael, and thank you, Tiffany. Um, back to Michael, like what initially attracted you um, to just come to Continental and actually, you know, get the balls and say, hey, I'm going to go and compete? Uh, well, actually, uh, the first the first time, like I'd always done EOI, so it was my home city, it was here, and one year I think God, what I don't, I don't know. I didn't. I got top. I got first runner up or something. I don't remember what happened. But Mocha Montrese was there, and she, you know, she worked with me on Cassie at the Connection, and she was like, "You need to go do Continental." I was like, "What's that?" Because I had no clue about anything other than Neil. So she's like, "Oh, you love it. They like you. You're a pretty boy." I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I went and did it, and I went as uh, Heart of America Continental my first time. Um, I was fortunate enough to win. Uh, my first time competing for that as well, and even though I probably shouldn't have. And I went and competed, and I made the top ten my first time, and you know that was great. Of course, it didn't. Uh, I didn't really think anything of it because it was, 
you know, it was my first time there, and I didn't know anything about Continental. But the the fact that, you know, it was in such a big theater and it was so prestigious looking and everything, really, I really liked that about it. And then the more and more times I went back, I started meeting more people, and I would go to prelims in Chicago, go to Plus and Elite, uh, go to when I won EOI, I went and, you know, went and watched Mr. and Miss and everything. And just, it was mostly what drew me and what kept me at Continental was the people. It was the promoters mm-hmm. that I met. It was the fans, you know, it was Jim Flynn himself. Everybody is just so nice and welcoming. And even after we won, what, the next day we had our, our Continental brunch with right. all the formers and the promoters. And it was just like a family. Like, it was like a family dinner. It was, I, was, I was just baffled by it. And how it, everybody was so welcoming and so loving and everything. And I'm, you know, I'm super glad that I kept with Continental, uh, even though, you know, after five years of not winning or four years of not winning. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think what drew me was, was the people, was the people. And Continental, you know, a lot of systems and, 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 and pageants or whatever say, we're a family and this and other. But I will say, even before I was a judge and all of that great stuff, um, just coming in as a, a spectator my first year and then coming back again, like, it felt like family. You know, every time I came back, like, it just felt like family. And, and so then when you actually start to become a part of the system, it feels definitely like family. Like you said, like, everybody, you know, go back to the baton, have a few drinks, laugh. You know, it, it just, it's just a family, you know. So I, um, I can definitely understand where you're coming from when you say that. And um so glad that both of you have um, – eventually, you know, gotten to the plateau of being Mr. and Ms. Continental. Um, so now, <laughs> Me too. It, 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 uh, with, so far, with it only being about, what, five months or so into your reign, what's been the most, so far, what's been the most rewarding or fulfilling, uh, what's been the most rewarding or fulfilling, and what has been the most challenging, if anything? And I'll start with Michael, and then we'll go back to Tiffany. Oh, of course. <laughs> the most rewarding. Um a couple of things. Uh, the most rewarding. The first, the first thing was when Tiffany and I went to uh, Miss Miss USA at Large as our for our first national walk together, and we went there. And I know we were, we were both like nervous backstage, really excited. We were like, oh my god, it's our first national walk. And when we went out on stage, when they called our name, they went on stage, and everyone just went nuts for us. Like mm-hmm. it just that was one of one of the best moments. A really good first experience as Continental was just walking out there and seeing people, you know, at a system that you know not even yours, just cheering and going crazy right. for you, and you don't you don't know half the people in the audience, and I thought that was great, and it was just a, a great way to start. And also another rewarding thing is whenever I get messages from other entertainers, from male entertainers, and they're like, "Oh, I look up to you so much," blah blah blah. That really touches me because that's what I want to be. Like, if anything doing these patterns, I want to be a role model. I want to be an inspiration. I want to be someone there to help people. And when I get messages like that, I think that's, that's, does it for me. That's the most rewarding thing that I could get out of this. Um, and the most challenging, um, the most challenging is having to be PC all the time, <laughs> uh, like on social media and things. Uh-huh. And when, you know, when you're going out representing your title, it like pageants and things, you have to be PC constantly. And it's so hard because, you know, I just have so many things to say all the right. time. I just <laughs> can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's definitely the most challenging thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks for your honesty. Um, and what about you, Tiffany? Uh, what's been the most rewarding feeling and the most challenging, if anything? 
Uh, I would say the most rewarding has been the opportunities that I have received this year. Um, with this, I, you know, being able to be involved with Renaissance, um, I was in North America. Um, I got to judge and perform at Miss Universal Latina last week. Um, mm -hmm. Next month, I got to um, judge and perform at Miss Transsexual USA. And yeah. These are just opportunities and, and people that I never would have gotten a chance to have met. Um, and everywhere I go, I just the the reception that people have of me is just I just love that I get to meet these people that I I never would have met any of these people in person um, had I not have won Continental. So I just I just I would say most most rewarding is just the opportunities that I've received. As far as challenging, I would say it's been <laughs> um, there's been so many. Um, so many uh, events I don't get a chance. Like I have early flights the day before, the day, or the night of, right. um, and I just chance to go to sleep. Um, this past weekend I had a prelim in Daytona on Sunday. I never got to go to bed. Had to go to the airport Monday morning, and then had a prelim in Chicago on Monday night. Never got to go to bed, and then went to Dallas. Um, and all, and when I showed up in Dallas, the only sleep I'd had over two days was. A couple of hours on the you know on the two, on the few different flights that I had, um, so I, I I definitely just try to like get sleep in where I can. But mm -hmm. I would say that's been the hard schedule <laughs> and, and <laughs> the, the, that's the life the life of a of a miscontinental you know so true <laughs> so true. It's okay. funny uh, when I when I complain about it, my best friend always tells me he's like, shut up because you can sleep when your year's over. That's <laughs> After Labor Day weekend, you can you can sleep as much as you want to. Um, I, I have a, just a few more questions um, for you guys. But what I'm going to do really quickly, um, I'm going to take a one minute break to pay some pay some dues. So I actually have a, a quick um, promo um, that I want to uh, to play really quickly. If you guys just hold the line for me, and we'll be right back with just a few more questions with Mister and Mrs. Okay. Continental. So hold for me, guys. Okay, What's good, Kim folk? It's your homie Kendall Brinkley Brown here, reminding you to check out my latest single titled Outside. Go outside and we can play in the rain. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk talent really quickly. Um, Michael, um, 
uh, I want to start with you. You know, years of coming to Mr. Continental, you know, I've seen you uh, with either, you know, one or two dancers for talent. But this time you decided to just bring you and you only for final night. What was your thinking process when you decided what talent you want to choose or what talent you want to present at Continental? Actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, for final night, I actually wanted to do a giant production. Uh, my, my prelim night talent was actually a production with six dancers. And that's what I really wanted to do for final night because I was like, you know what? I always do come with, you know, a small amount of dancers, two or three. And this year I want to change it up and I'm going to do a big production. Mm-hmm. And, well, not only does Continental not really care for big productions, but three, oh, my God, three, four, four of my dancers couldn't do hip-hop. <laughs> they were all, like, oh. trained contemporary dancers. So okay. when we started doing hip-hop, they, they couldn't, like, catch on. And plus, you know, I'm not that great of a teacher, honestly. So I had to teach them the choreography. And, you know, some of them caught on, but some of them were having problems. So we decided to scratch that and just do two dancers and make it prelim night. As for my final night talent, I had actually started with a different, I was going to do a solo for prelim night. And I had started with a different song and a different choreographer. And we we started, we met one time and we started choreographing it. And then he vanished on me. Um, Turns out it was some drama with his boyfriend. But he vanished on me, and I was over that. So I didn't know what I was going to do. So I was like, I'm just going to go wing it, whatever. So maybe about a week, two weeks before the pageant, uh, I met with my choreographer that I normally used in Chicago, Albert. I met with him, and he was like, you know what, just just come in, pick a song, we'll put put some together. I was like, okay, whatever. And I was like, well, here's here's a list of songs. Pick one, and I'll, we can do that one. He was like, okay. So we listened. He's like, none of these work. And I was like, well, what about Fever? It's one of my favorite songs to perform regularly. So why not? He's like, okay. So here's what I want you to do. I'm gonna put this song on, and I want you to perform it for me. For me. I was like, okay. So I did. And he was like, okay, I really like that. Now we're gonna change the stuff. And basically, we just got together and we we put it together in an hour. And mm. I got second. I got second at nationals with it for final night. But it was. It was so good that we were just like, this had to be final night. Like, it's it's too good. And if you right. look back in the history of Continental, most of the misters have won the solos. Because oh, yeah. Continental. Man. Yes. <laughs> and Continental, Continental wants to see you and what you can do. They don't want to see all the flash and all the production and you hiding behind dancers. They want to see what you can do, what you're going to take and travel all over the country and perform. And, that's and what I, I like to flop dancers. Yeah, and, 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 and this is what I was going to add to that, Michael. In the event, I feel like, because I've had that conversation with a few male entertainers when it, when it pertains, and these are guys that are talented, just as talented as you are. And I always say, when uh-huh. you look back on the history, you know, look at all the guys who have won. There's only been a few that have won with productions and a very small yep. few, you know, but... What I would say also to what you, what you were speaking at as far as, you know, kind of want to see you, not, you know, hiding behind dancers. If you're going to have dancers, that's perfectly fine. But I still want to see you. And I want you right. to be the master. I want you to be the – I want you – I want to look at you and say, I, I know you have all these dancers, and they look pretty and cute, but all I see is you in yeah. all of it. So if you're going to bring that, bring it and be, and be the focal point. You know, and that's why I think that production should always focus on – you know the muse or the person that is that that's doing the talent. So, but but great. I um, you know, it happened that way. You know, it, it's weird that it, that it happened the way that it did. As far as you ended up coming up with that um and winging it, but uh, it does happen that way, and it looks like it it it, it has paid off for you. Um, and I totally yeah. enjoyed it. I think a lot of us, 
in the room enjoyed it that night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, it's funny that you said that because Khalil Valentino, you know, he when he won, he did a giant production. Yeah. But the whole time, all you could start out was him because yeah. he did it right, you know. Yeah, he was amazing. Right. That's right. That's right. Okay, Miss Tiffany, since we are speaking about talents, let's go to you. Um, the Madonna Vogue, the Tiffany T. Hunter version, um, for me, was nothing short of amazing. You know, if, you know, I was sitting there on the panel, and if I could really just, you know, sometimes you, you know, we're human. You know, I just wanted to just jump up and be like, ah, I wanted to go crazy like everybody else. But, you know, from the choreography, the costuming, to the creative spin on the lyrics, you know, how did you actually come up with that talent? Um, Back to the question earlier on my role models on and off stage, I said Alexis Carroll-Sherrington was a role model off stage. She's also a role model to me on stage. What I loved about Alexis Sherrington was she always looked like money. Mm-hmm. And and when people started saying that about me, it made me feel really good. Like I, anytime I put a package together, I wanted it to look like I just spent – I just sold my house to compete in this pageant. Right, right. You know? <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted everybody to be scared. I wanted to look like I just spent, you know, a million dollars on stage. Right. So for Vogue, I actually, that was actually a talent where I wanted to do years ago, like probably 2011 or t- 2011, I think. Mm-hmm. And I brought it up. And I brought it up to like my, my, my friend, choreographer, and I was like, I want to do Vogue. And I was, and they're like, oh, it's cliche. It's been done. You know, um, but I was like, I always loved, I always loved that, the, you know, that Victorian version. Mm-hmm. And so I was always worried that I would be, you know, red or whatever for, you know, not being original. So I let it go away. And then when I was trying to think of a talent for this year, it, I, I, it never left my mind. And then somebody out of the blue was like, you should do Madonna's Vogue. And I was like, Oh my God! And then so they actually t- told my choreographer that, and my choreographer texted me and was like, "Someone just said you should do Madonna's Vogue." I'm like, "I know. I've been telling you this for years." And he was like, "And he was like, I think we should do it." He was like, "You know," and I was like, "Okay." I was like, "I know where I can get these costumes made. I know where we can get, you know, you know, the hair." I was like, "Let's do it. Big production. I want a lot of dancers. Let's just do it." Because my fallback in competing, I've always scored. I've always been in the top three or four in gown and swimsuit, it's always been my talent. Right. And, I'm not, again, I'm not a dancer, so I need the flash and, you know, I need all that, the extra stuff. And so I needed something that was going to be clean but overwhelm, you know, like just overwhelming and grand. And, and then – And um, different for you. And different for you, too. Yes. And so then my, my best friend was like um, – he's very clever and witty – and so we, he's like, he wrote out the the rap breakdown to include right. the former's names, and then right. the two of the two of us kind of tweaked it, you know, over the phone. And then the struggle was finding somebody to record it. And I had somebody locally who I was supposed to meet with, and it kind of got shuffled around a few times, and then it never happened. And it was literally like probably seven or eight days before the pageant, and Monty St. James, um, I was at a rehearsal with him, and he was like. You know, and we were struggling with that section because it hadn't been recorded. And he was like, my friend can do it. And I was like, are you kidding? I was like, and it was literally the week before the pageant. And he gave me his friend's name. And uh, within like a matter of like three days, we got it worked out. And we never actually rehearsed. Like I never heard like the final version until that Thursday before the pageant, um, before Continental. Like four, four days before the pageant was when I got the final version 
So it all kind of came together last minute, and I was worried that, you know, because I didn't want to do it without that section because I, that was kind of, you know, going to make it a little more up-to-date. But so it, just, it, it was kind of a dream come true for me to get to do that as a talent member because I, I, I've wanted to do it for a long time. And, um, Tamara Mahorning um, from here in St. Louis made all those costumes, and she was kind of like my fairy my, – I called her my fairy godmother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Like my mouth was just open because, like, wide open because when you were talking about the whole, you know, my TV and him finding someone and just how close, to, you know, close to the competition it was. Like that's why, you know, even though I understand with competing, you're stressing, you know, frustrated with certain things or whatever. But it goes back to what I said before. Like when the stars align, they align, you know. And sometimes we don't even understand how that happened, why it happened, you know, or in the in the moment, but it did. So. Wow, I'm just like flabbergasted. Like you really didn't just like that part didn't come up until like what you said seven or eight days before the pageant um, happened. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty uh, darn amazing. Okay, cool. So I, I wanted to understand you know where you guys came from in regards to your talents, and again, um, appreciate both of them. Um, if you guys um, haven't seen it, you can go to I know D West sells the um, sells the DVD, and it may be floating out there in internet land, but I'm not gonna plug them. Okay. Um, if you could see anyone come back to the system as a competitor, okay, and this is just a question to from me to you. You know, it's not that you're showing favoritism or anything of that nature, but you're still fans of the system, even while being a part. If you could see anyone come back to the system as a competitor that hasn't already qualified up until today's date, who would that person be? You don't have to give me a why, but just who would it be? Who would you like to see come back? Um, well, there are several current competitors that I would love. Every year I've kind of always chosen somebody that if I had to lose to, they would be the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and a few of them have won. A few of the people that I, you know, picked to, to beat me actually beat me. <laughs> um, and there are a few current competitors that, uh, competed last year that if I had to, you know, that I chose, you know, like mm-hmm. that I would love to see win. Um, but somebody who hasn't competed in a long time that I would love to see return mm-hmm. uh, would probably be Silky O'Hara Monroe. Mm-hmm. That's my good girlfriend. That's my auntie. <laughs> I would. Um, uh, I mean, there's a lot of girls. There's a lot of girls that are, you know, that I think are going to qualify this year. Um, right. And there's one in particular that I really am fond of. Uh, my journey kind of started with her. I would love to see. You know, I would love to see her win. But uh, I, I think. I think I would love to see Silky come back. And I don't think she's competed, I think it's been since 99. Yeah, she hasn't competed since then. So I would love to see her. Yeah, cause, and then she did Black Universe in, like, I think she did Black Universe in 06 or 07. Okay. And then I don't think she's 07. Yeah, and I don't think she's competed since. Oh, no, no, I take it back. She, she did Texas U.S. of A. Oh, yes, she did. She did. She did. Yeah, okay. she got first runner but I would love to see her come back to Continental. I think she's just so gorgeous, and I got to know her a little bit um, through my travels of going to Dallas to meet with J.D. Martin. Her and I hung out a little bit, so um, I've got to know her, and she's she's sweet. I would love to see her make a return. Okay, Sophie O'Hara Monroe. Okay, and what about you, Michael? Who would you like to see compete or come back? Wait, Mr. Mr. or Miss? Um, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Well, but, 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 let's go ahead and talk <laughs> I want you to give me your mister because you are the mister, but then if you have a miss, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do both. I'll do both. Um, mister, I think 
it would definitely have to be Monty St. James, and I, I assume that he's coming back this year. Um, but, yeah, he competed with me last year, and we actually got dressed next to each other. And he's, you know, he's such a nice guy and so much, so fun to hang out with. And, you know, he's already won everything. And he's, he's always been to, um, in the pageant world, just seeing pictures and his costumes are always grand and over the top. And I always wanted that. But I'm like, that costs so much money. <laughs> I can't do anything. I have to just, I have to just stand there. Right. But, uh, but for him, you know, it works for him. And he looks sickening all of his promos and everything. And I find him to be such an inspiration. And I think, he would help make system or make continental grow if he were to be crowned. And uh, I think he would definitely put it out there even more than it already is. And he would be a good re- representative and, and a good competitor. He's always fun to watch when he competes with his productions and costuming and stuff. And he's always really entertaining. And as for the miss, um, I'm, I'm not just saying this just because she's, you know, my, one of my really good friends and my wife, but I, I would like to see Aurora Sexton come back. Um, okay. She's so, so creative and, so beautiful and so talented mm-hmm. and just an amazing, also another amazing person who would be really great for the system. I would like to see her. Okay, Aurora and Monty. I love it. Okay. Um, just, I just have maybe two, two, three more questions in there really quickly. Uh, real quick, uh, Tiffany, are there any misconceptions about you that you would like to take this time to clear up? Are there any misconceptions? No. You know, I don't believe so. I, I'm actually one of those people where I don't really care. Um, I mean, I care what people think, but I don't care about what people think. Right, right. So, you know, I just, uh, I'm, nothing really bothers me that that bad. Um, you, you'll never see me blow up on anybody on Facebook. I never have. I never will. Uh, I'm just very easygoing. And uh, if anybody has any questions, they can, you know, you can find me on Facebook, Tiffany C. Hunter, and you can send me an email and you can ask me. There you go. There you have it. And what about you, Michael? Um, let's see. I uh, I also really don't care what people think. They aren't paying my bills, therefore I don't care what they say. But I think a, a lot of people, whenever I meet them and talk to them and stuff, they're always like, oh, I thought you were stuck up. Mm-hmm. No, why would anyone ever think that, like? I'm a really nice person, and you know, just come up and talk to me. If I, I'm shy, actually, like I won't. I will go out of my way to talk to you if you know I, I know who you are or I've heard of you or whatever. But if if I don't know you, I'm normally pretty shy and quiet, and I, I'd be scared to approach someone I don't know. But yeah, a lot of people think I'm I'm stuck up and mean. I'm definitely not. <laughs> just talk to me. <laughs> I'll talk to anybody. Someone in the um, and thank you for that, Michael and Tiffany. Someone in the chat room said um, wanted to ask, how would you define what continental is? How would you define continental? How would I define continental? Hmm. Oh, <laughs> so that's a good one. <laughs> um, whenever people ask me about continental, I always say it's like it's like Miss America. It's the biggest of the big. It's isn't is Miss America the biggest of the big? I don't know. I think so. Um, it's like it's pretty much the biggest title you can win because it's so it's so prestigious. It's so classy. It's all about being a gentleman. So when people say, you know, what what's continental? How do you how do you how do you win? I was like, you just have to be a gentleman. You have to be uh, proper and PC and a, a role model and a representative. So yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of how I describe it. Okay. And I would say, like, for Miss Continental, I don't think it matters if you are you live your life as a male or a female. I think Continental is all 
by the image and the feeling people get when they see Miss Continental. Right. It doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl. It's about being elegant and regal, and there's just something classy and over-the-top about Miss Continental that is just uh, – I think people get people get an excitement when they think of Miss Continental. So I don't think it matters, you know, if you're a boy or girl. Um, I think it's just – I think it's all about the the excellence and elegance. And I know when I was growing up, like, watching the Continental videos, I would just see the the crowning and see the contestants and – it was always just like, wow, like, this is, I can't even put it into words. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something that sets Continental apart that's so professional. Yeah. And so uh, it, 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 it's almost like it's, it's outside of drag. It's more of a female impersonation pageant and not a drag queen pageant. I wow. think. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, me too. Um, last week, well, before I play my name game, because I have a name game, then I'll be done. Uh, what do you hope to gain during this experience, personally and professionally? This experience that's Miss Continental and Mr. Continental. For myself, um, a, a few of the formers, like um, the night that I won, were like, oh, save your money, put your money aside, you know, d- don't waste your money this year. Personally, my goal was not to get rich off of this. I'm not worried about what, what my bank account looks like at the end of the year. My bills are going to get paid. Um, I want to gain the experience. And um, I'm going to spend my money on costumes, and I'm going to spend my money on trips to go do national walks. I'm going to spend my money on hotels to go to events that I want to be able to go to and meet people. I want to gain the experience of being with Continental. And I don't care. I'm not worried about gaining fame. I'm not worried about gaining a bank account. Um, I'm, I want to gain the, re- the relationships that I've already gotten from being Miss Continental that I would have never have gotten. That's what I, I want to gain the memories and the experience. You're doing it all for all the right reasons, and that's why I love you. Right. Okay. <laughs> that was a very continental answer. Yeah. But but I think it's a true stuff. <laughs> yeah, you just want Q&A. Okay. <laughs> Um, let's see, professionally, um, like I said before, I want to be a role model, and that's what I want to gain from this. I want mm-hmm. I want to be a role model and mentor. I want to help uh, new people that are coming into the entertainment. Um, and, I, you know, I want people to be able to look up to me and ask me questions and things like that. Um, that's definitely, in, you know, the exposure isn't bad either. Um, that way I can get more bookings and things. But um, personally, um, I feel like when you compete for a system, you become that system. And when I had, when I started competing for Continental, I had to change who I was. I was, and not in a bad way, of course, but it helped me grow up. And personally, I I feel like after I give this up, I'll feel like a grown up, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Um, I never think of my, I never think of myself as an adult. I think of myself as a kid still, even though I'm you know I'm 28. But being being involved in Continental and, you know, winning and reigning, I feel like I've grown up and I've become a more mature adult. And that's what I want to gain personally from it. I want to be that grown up after I give this up. Great. Lovely responses. I hope everyone, everyone out there is listening because you both gave some awesome responses, but truly felt like it's from the heart. So I appreciate that. So with my name game, I'm going to give you 
How many names? I'm going to give you each three names, okay? Um, okay. One of which is the same for both. But I want you to give me the first word or, you know, a little sentence or two um, in reference to the person that I'm going to mention, okay? So the first thing that just comes to mind, it should just be one word. It doesn't have to be a sentence. So, Mike, I'm going to start with you. Um, the, first person okay. is Aurora Se- <laughs> the first person is Aurora Sexton. And, no, I had her on my list before you even talked about her. Do you want to say words? Three words? Is that what it, it, is, it doesn't matter. What's the, what's just the first thing that comes to mind um, to um, come to your mind when, when you hear her name or you know? Um, true friends. Okay, true friends. Okay, what about Michael Lamaston? <laughs> uh-huh. Stop. Um, <laughs> husband, boyfriend, love okay. interest, all, those all that. Husband, boyfriend, love interest, love it. And the last, go ahead. What was you about to say? I was gonna say dreamy, charming. Oh, dreamy, yeah, he's dreamy. Yes, yeah. he is. Yeah, and very what, that. And what about Jim Flint? Jim Flint, boss, <laughs> the boss man. Um, no, that that's not the word. Uh, Jim Flint, God, there's so many words that come to mind. Um, just because you know, I've known him forever, and he's been such a great person to me over the years. But um, I would say caring. Uh, Caring, yes, because he really cares about his system. He cares about his title holders. And recently, you know, uh, I'd had some drama with some people, and he actually called me today to tell me, he's like, you know, Michael, I'm very happy with you. Um, I don't know what you hear from other people or things, but no one speaks for me. Um, I care about you, and, you know, you're a great person. If I have any problems with you, I will let you know personally. And so caring is definitely the word because I know that he cares about not only me, but Tiffany and all the title holders. Yeah. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, love it. Okay. And so we got so we got Aurora, we got Michael, we got Jim, we got true friend. Uh yeah, true friend, we got uh husband, we got <laughs> the boss man, Karen, Jimmy, all that good stuff. Okay, so Tiffany, so are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so the first name I'm gonna say is Brian. Your best friend. Oh uh me. I I would say soulmate. Brian, I always tell Brian, like, you know, soulmates aren't always somebody that you're, like, in a sexual matter. And Brian is, like, the brother. I grew up with all sisters. And Brian is, like, the brother that I, ne- that I never had and always wanted. Okay. Oh, I always so tell we always, yeah, we always joke that we're non-romantic soulmates. <laughs> and, you know, I have one of those. Um, so I totally get it. Uh, the next name is Jim Flint. I would say leader, um, crusader. Um, I learned so much for, about Jim reading his book, um, The Boy from Peoria, mm-hmm. and he truly has always stuck to what he believes in, and he fights for it. Um, and he has had such an in- interesting life, and he he's always been a leader for our community, uh, whether it be political, um, in you know, in, the, in pageantry, and I mean, just all around, he he's a leader for our community. Leader and Crusader, yes. And Jim, I'm Aww. going to read your book. I'm going to read the book. I've been meaning to 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 read it, and I just haven't gotten around to it. But I'm going to read that book because I've heard some great things about it. Okay. And the last it's person really... is the last person is Becky. Aww. Oh wow. Um, oh. Uh, she's my angel. Your angel. Love it. Aww. Love it. 
Okay, we got the angel, the soulmate, leader, crusader. Okay, love it. And if there are anyone, if there's anyone out there that that's interested in obtaining a preliminary for the continental system, whether it be this year or after your year is up, how might they go about doing that, Tiffany and Michael? Um, I actually have a packet that I organized. Um, it's a, a PDF that I can forward to anybody, um, and it has uh, the, necess- the, the necessary fees and expenses that are required. And then I put together a couple different price package options just to give um, potential promoters an idea of what it costs to produce a pageant. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you, you can ex- the price package you can expand on and things. So I have a few of the non-negotiable expenses that you're required to pay and then a few um, that are just uh, an idea. But ob- either any of us, Michael, Coffee, Chantel, myself, you know, we can help you, you know, find a venue. Uh, we can let you know like what it's going to cost, um, and if you hit me up, I can send you the you know the PDF format. And I know we're all willing to work together. Um, Michael and I, you know, have if it's his prelim or my prelim, like we'll share a room. You know, if it's budget that promoters are worried about, I know all of us are more interested in the in the long run and not the immediate you know in the immediate pocket gain. Right, and I love it because you know I of course got a PDF myself, a PDF email, or and I and I will say that I mean it maps it out really, really. It's easy to read, it's easy to understand. You know, um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do what I wanted to do with with coming to. I've never told Jim this, but coming to the coming into the system as a promoter, eventually one day that will happen, I'm sure. Um, but of course, we'll be moving and. All of that um, to New York and you know, all of that didn't happen, but it will. So I, I just want to say um, you guys, both of you, are doing a phenomenal job, an amazing job, um, and I'm so glad to not only be a part of this system, but I'm so glad to see um, both of your dreams you know, manifest into your reality. So I'm very happy to see both of you reign um, this year as Mr. and Ms. Continental. I'm so excited to see all of you know at the different prelims, and I'm going to at least see you guys in two or three before you give up. Happens. Um, so again, if you need more information, you can go to I believe um, Tiffany. You can give or Michael. You can give us the information. How might might they find out where the preliminaries are? Oh, uh, definitely. <laughs> well, I was. I have a. Uh, I have a list on my my Facebook, uh, a picture list on where all the prelims are and the dates and everything. And then I encourage anyone who is looking to compete in a system, please, or in a, system, in a pageant, please. Um, contact me, uh, and I will put you in contact with the necessary people. And even with the miss, contact me, and I'll hook you up with Tiffany or Chantel or Coffee or whoever you need to speak to. Just I okay. just I don't want everybody to sit there and be like, oh, I want to do it, but like contact us, and we will help you figure out what you can do so that you can compete. That's Please. right. That's right. And you can find a, you can find a list of preliminaries at. Um, the Baton Show mm-hmm. and Scotty in the national office has been doing a good job this year with keeping the um, the promoter information and the list of prelims up to date. So you can visit the website there and just click on the preliminaries icon on their web page. That's right, and all that information yep. is there. And uh, at the end of February, early March, I will actually have Miss Constance Plus and Elite Coffee and Chantel Roche on the show. Um, before they actually give up their pageant, Easter weekend in March. So I'll have them on the show. So, again, thank you so very much to my listening audience. Thank you so very much for listening and being a part. And to um, 
Tiffany and Michael, if you could just hold the line for me. The closing is going to happen. I'm going to have my give my very good advice um, during my closing. It's about a minute or so, so if you can hang on, that would be great. And um, I'll see you next time. So, Michael and Tiffany, just hold the line for me, okay? Sure. Well, guys, that's actually it for tonight's show, A Conversation with the Nentals. I really hope that all of you out there in Radio Land enjoyed it. And if you would like to book these two fine representatives, these continental representatives, please inbox them on Facebook immediately. But remember, have your coins, okay? (laughs) But on a serious note, I do want to thank the both of them, Michael and Tiffany, for taking the time out to participate in tonight's show. But before I go, as always, things have not changed around here. I must leave you with a quote of the week. But actually, this week, I'll do a Michael word, okay? Good drag, bad drag, great drag, fantastic drag, trash, or washed up drag. Which one will you present either at your next show performance or your next pageant? Choose wisely the things that you present, for it could honestly make or break you in this industry. Because remember, you are good enough, you're smart enough, you're beautiful enough, and strong enough to make what you really see for yourself in this industry your true reality. Remember, hard work and dedication is the name of this game. But until next time, everyone be blessed.